Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're continuing our series on planning for the future of your farm. In the first episode, we talked about how you can get your family ready for a transition. And today, we're going to switch our focus to legal tools and issues for farm transitions. We have Peggy Hall and Robert Moore joining us to discuss those tools and issues. So could you guys each take a moment and introduce yourselves to our listeners? Robert, could you go first? Yeah, my name is Robert Moore, and uh, I've been in private practice for about 20 years now, and uh, recently have joined Ohio State and the agricultural law program. Uh, So I am excited to be back with Ohio State. I started my career with OSU Extension and uh, excited to be back and hopefully can share some of my experience with uh, farmers and landowners on uh, various legal topics. And how about you, Peggy? Hi, I'm Peggy Hall. I'm also an attorney um, like Robert, but I've been in academia for a while. This is one of those areas that I have covered in the agricultural and resource law program for OSU Extension, but very excited to have Robert be joining us so that we can continue to bring that applied focus in what attorneys can do for our farms and farm operations and farm families in this area of law. So very exciting. So let's start off with the basics. What are the pieces and parts of a farm transition plan? Well, I can answer that. Um, it's, it's fair to say that there is a general package that you could end up with if you and your family engage in farm transition planning. You might not have all of those pieces. You may not need all of them. Um, but generally, we see um, some pieces that are in every plan and some that may or may not be, depending upon uh, the complexity of the plan that you may need. So many people associate with a will, and so that can be part of the plan. You might also have those general documents that we often refer to as POAs or powers of attorney, and there could be a financial power of attorney as well as a health care power of attorney in your package. A living will is another common document that many will want to have. And then we start getting into some of the more complex instruments that could be used depending upon your situation. And those would involve um, documents like a trust, um, an LLC, an LLC operating agreement, perhaps a buy-sell agreement within that LLC or other type of business entity. And leases can also be part of your plan. So usually those are the kinds of documents that we see put together and a complete plan for transitioning the farm. So how does a family go about getting one of those plans? Well, the best way to get a complete plan that thoroughly addresses your situation is to work with an attorney and preferably an attorney who is skilled in this area of law. As Robert said, he used to be in private practice and and this is what he did was to put these plans together for people. Now, it is possible to have a living will or a power of attorney uh, pretty quickly. Many people go online for some of those documents, but my recommendation would be 
to work with an attorney to develop that entire package. So what factors should someone consider when they're trying to choose an attorney? Well, I think that's a good question, Elizabeth, because I think it's really important to find an attorney who is not only legally um, skilled in this area of law, and we do have those attorneys around the state who understand farm transition planning, who understand agricultural situations, and also know all of the, the tools, the legal tools and strategies that can be employed for a, a, an agricultural situation. So that's one thing. But I think a second very important factor is finding an attorney who you're comfortable with. I find that many people tend to be just naturally uncomfortable with attorneys. <laughs> we, uh, we tend to make people a little nervous or, um, I don't know, there's just something that can occur there that may create an uncomfortable relationship. So it's very important to find that attorney who you are comfortable sharing your information with because you will need to share everything in order to have that attorney attorney create the best plan for you. So you're going to have to share your, your family dynamics, your concerns, your goals, all of those things that David emphasizes in our workshops and you're going to need to be open about that and and willing to to lay that all out for your attorney in order for that attorney to help put a plan together for you so comfort is very very important another factor that many look to of course is the cost and so that's another natural um, question to be asking how much will it cost for this attorney to prepare my plan going back to choosing an ag attorney um, I think that's great advice, but beyond that, how do we make sure we're getting someone who has um, the experience, even if they are an ag attorney, how do we choose someone who's going to be able to meet our needs? What Are there things we can look for, um, resources to check into? What advice do you guys have for that? Yes, it, and Robert, I've been doing a lot of talking. Would you like to take this question? or? Sure, I, I can try this one. Um, so I think one thing to do is maybe ask friends, family, neighbors, uh, if they've used attorneys and how comfortable they were with them, how satisfied they were with them. So uh, referrals probably are, I would think, the, the best source of, of finding an attorney. Um, if that doesn't work, um, you know, talking to maybe your local extension educator, Farm Bureau, other people in the agriculture industry uh, might be able to refer you to someone as well. Um, and then once you do find someone, you know, have that initial meeting with them, uh, make sure you understand, you know, is this a, an in initial consultation with no obligations or is the attorney expected to be paid for that meeting? But uh, if you don't know the attorney at all, I'd recommend just going in, meeting them, uh, discussing maybe briefly what the situation is and see how comfortable you are with them. And if, if I'm picking an attorney, I want somebody listening to me. That's probably my number one thing in the legal profession. Sometimes we don't always listen the best. We attorneys like to 
talk more and you know explain things more so try to find somebody that listens to you and understands your situation and you know is sympathetic to what you're trying to accomplish and then see if they have the ability to accomplish a plan for you that will meet your needs. One thing I would add to that, Robert, is it, it really isn't important for that attorney to be right in your backyard. Would you agree? It can be someone, um, you know, in Columbus or Delaware or uh, several counties over because of the, the mechanisms we have now for farmers to be able to work with attorneys from a distance. And so that broadens the pool of attorneys that are available to you. I would agree. I mean, between phone calls, email, video calls, um, you know, there's many ways we can, you can talk to an attorney. Um, if there's one that, you know, is a couple hours away you're not going to have to go visit them 10 times. You know, you might have to go visit them once or twice. Um, so I would find the attorney that you feel is best suited for you. And if they're a ways away, um, that's okay. You can work around that distance isn't near the issue that uh, it was even a few years ago. So as you're going through this process of developing your transition plan, what does that look like? You know, how many meetings should you expect? What kinds of information do you have to have ready going into a meeting? How many meetings? It depends. But uh, if you come prepared to the first meeting uh, with some goals and ideas in mind, um, it may only take two meetings. It shouldn't take five meetings or 10 meetings. Uh, sometimes it does, but very rarely does it take more than three or four. So uh, if you come prepared, have some goals in mind, and, you know, the attorney is, is ready to address those issues and able to address those issues, you know, a handful of meetings uh, ought to do that. Um, what to bring to the meeting, uh, family information, names, addresses, all that's very helpful to have. A good balance sheet is really helpful for uh, farm succession planning, knowing what assets you own, what the values are, how those assets are titled uh, are, are really critical. And if you can prepare that, your legal fees uh, will be less because the more you can do of that, that's less the attorney has to do to put your plan together. So less your fees will be. So um, and then the third thing, you know, have in mind, what are the issues? What are your goals for the family? What are your goals for the farm? And what family issues do you have? Uh, is it, does somebody have a marriage issue? Does somebody have a spending issue? Uh, to do a thorough and well-designed plan, the attorney needs to know what issues are there. We have tools to address just about any issue you can come up with, but we have to know about them. And even though it might be a little uncomfortable or embarrassing, um, you know, you have full confidentiality with the attorney. Uh, the attorney will not share any of your information with friends or family or neighbors. Uh, so be sure, even if you think maybe it's a small issue, still bring it up because maybe it is a big issue on the legal side of things. So uh, 
yeah, family information, financial information, and then have your ideas, goals, and any issues in mind. And I'm sure that the cost ranges as well, depending on how complicated the plan is. But can you give us a little bit of an idea on what that might look like from basic up to advanced? Like most legal questions, it depends. But, uh, you know, if it's a very basic plan, just a will and maybe power of attorneys, uh, power of attorney documents, you know, maybe it's $500, you know, a few hundred dollars, something like that. Large plans where we're dealing with large farms, large families, on-farm heirs, off-farm heirs, uh, significant business structuring, you know, it, it could be 10 or 15,000 or more. But, you know, I would say for a typical medium-sized farm in Ohio, you should expect to spend a few thousand dollars because it's an important plan. Um, it needs done right. But this isn't a plan where you're going to have to spend several thousand dollars every year. Maybe it's $5,000 to set it up. And then every three to five years, maybe it's you know, a few hundred dollars, thousand dollars to update it. Um, usually once you do it the first time, updating it uh, is requires less time and expense than it did for the initial setup. And it's important too, isn't it, to weigh that cost against the potential cost of going through probate if you don't have a good plan and haven't addressed that. There, there's that comparison that I think needs to be made. Many people are afraid of that initial upfront cost, but it is probably, most likely, if it's a good plan, it's going to save you those probate costs and having your estate go through that process. Pay now or pay later, and usually it's less expensive to pay now. Awesome. Robert, you're going to fit in with the extension just fine. That it depends on answer works here too. (laughs) Great. So to wrap this session up, what are the basic pieces of a plan? Again, it depends, but usually there is an estate planning side of things. So that's a will uh, and maybe a trust depending on the complexity of it. Um, Then there's also avoiding probate. So titling assets um, to avoid probate, either going into a trust or directly to the beneficiaries or heirs. And then there may be a business component of that, LLCs, corporations, buy-sell agreements. And sometimes a plan is mostly estate planning and very little business planning, or sometimes you know it's just the opposite. It just depends. But usually there's some component uh, of those three when we're working with farm succession plans. Well, thank you both for joining us today. You'll be back for our next episode to talk about um, some of the solutions to unique situations. So we're looking forward to having you back, but thank you for your time and knowledge today. You're welcome. Thank you. You still have a couple of planning for the future of your farm workshops left. So if anyone wants to check those out, Wayne County is February 25th and Wood County is March 4th. And you can find those dates at go.osu.edu slash farm succession. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode.